0: You know, in this day and age of media and social media and the impact it has on us as viewers and consumers, I wanted to talk today about the visibility and the representation and misrepresentation, if you will, of of trans people in the media. And today I have my guest who is the impact campaign producer of a film called changing a game it is a documentary that is streaming now on hulu it's an amazing fascinating portrait of three different uh trans teens in their lives in the um athletic world and i'm gonna let our guests tell us a little bit more about it but i just wanted to say that we're going to be opening the space to talk about something that needs to be talked about how do we change the game how do we uh critically question uh why um, there is, there is such a challenge in, in embracing and understanding trans people through uh, media forms. And so here we are. I have Shane Diamond. Thank you, Shane, for coming to K2H. Oh,
1: my gosh. I'm so happy to be here. The sunshine is lovely. The weather is grand. Thanks Where for Where are you
0: me. tuning in from? Please let our listeners know.
1: I'm actually in Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn, New York. And I can say that it is a sunny, gorgeous day, though I am perpetually envious of the weather you have there in Hawaii. Um, so we're sending love from the East Coast.
0: Well, thank you, thank you. And we're all connected with great aloha here. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the film. Uh, but can we start with you as a person first?
1: Like, I love that What, sure. what
0: brought you, who, who are you, Shane? And why are we talking today?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, my name is Shane Diamond. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. And as you said, I produced the impact campaign for changing the game. Um, Changing the game made its streaming premiere on Hulu on June 1st of 2021. So what is that, eight, nine months ago. And I have been able, I've had the privilege to work with the film since uh, the beginning of January, 2021. I'm the feelings guy. So when you see the film and (laughs) uh, for a lot of people, um, as you said, this is a film that follows uh, three and then four transgender high school, student-athletes as they fight to compete in their respective sports all across the country and all at various stages of their transition. Um, I say three and then four because Terry Miller actually joined production once the film had started because she heard about Andrea Yearwood and and wanted to, to be a part of this and share her experience as well. Okay. So when people see the film, sometimes, often, it is the first trans person that they have met is through seeing the stories of Sarah, Mac, Andrea and Terry. And it's a tough watch. These young adults, you know, they're not kids anymore. Um, These young adults are strong and brave and courageous and resilient and get bullied, uh, mercilessly bullied by parents and spectators and other adults and legislators. Um, And so what is the result of watching this film And one of the reasons why it was made is because it energizes us. We watch this film and we get to know these kids, uh, these young adults, and we want to do something. How can we get involved? How can we, within our power, within our communities, local, statewide, national legislatures, make change to make the paths for transgender teens, like the ones in the film, easier? So when I say I'm the feelings guy, I, I get to come in after the film often and Talk about how you're feeling. Um, is this new? Are you feeling empowered? Even if you hate the film, let's talk about why. Let's get to that why and, and be able to talk through that. So that's my role with the film. I'm not a filmmaker. I came in after the film was made. Uh, before this, I was the founder and executive director of a nonprofit that uses theater to teach consent and sexual assault prevention to high school and college students. Wow. So educational curriculum development really is my wheelhouse. And I did that for about eight years and absolutely loved it and passed the torch in 2018. And the new executive director, also not new, uh, is wonderful and has taken the org in directions I never could have dreamed. Um, I include that backstory because I started my gender transition while I was the executive director of that nonprofit. So the face of the company literally changed huh. and the face that you're looking at today, Crystal, I'm wearing uh, like sort of grandpa ask shell glasses and I'm really trying hard to grow some facial hair. So we've got uh, like a caterpillar mustache and uh, I'm embarrassed to say probably like two weeks of scruff coming in on my chin and cheeks and then a very salt and pepper short haircut with buzz sides and I'm wearing a um, a wrangler short sleeve like pearl snap shirt. Um, so thank you for doing company, that, first of all,
0: because we are yeah. an audio medium and that was very important to do that. And I appreciate you describing yourself. Thank you.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't want people to think I'm more attractive than I actually am. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, <I think> so. <laughs> okay. uh, Anyway, so the face changed wow. and I, reached out to all of our contacts and I said, my name is now Shane. I use he, him pronouns. This is how it's gonna be going forward. And I had the privilege and the safety and the security to be able to do that and keep my job and maintain stable housing and access to healthcare. And the majority of my relationships remained intact and my safety wasn't under threat. Um, And a lot of trans people don't have, or frankly don't want that same privilege that I now embody. And so in the work that I do and the way that I show up in the world as a trans person, I try to share the privilege that I have by lifting up those around me, this idea that all when the water rises, all boats rise. So how can I use the privilege that I carry as a white, able-bodied, athletic, um, cis-assumed man into the work that I do? Um, So that is a a bit of a verbose answer about how I got here. I'm originally from New Mexico. Um, I played ice hockey all growing up. I played four years of women's college ice hockey, where I am the record holder for third all-time penalty minutes. Wow. So I'm third best at breaking the rules.
0: So you could have easily been one of the characters in Changing the Game.
1: I I have so much admiration for them. Um, You know, I was born in the late 80s. And I, in presentations that I do, uh, I like to show childhood photos of me because I look like this, you know, I, I look like a little boy.
0: Huh.
1: Uh, when left to my own devices, I was wearing jeans and there's a really great school photo of me in like a denim cut off vest and matching acid washed denim jeans, just like living my early nineties fantasy. <laughs> so, you know, but we didn't have the language like we do back then. right? You know, so I I was as far as anybody
0: knew. Well, man, you
1: like chronologically, it's not that much time. But when we think about how the conversation about LGBTQ plus inclusion and equality has moved, it it has been a significant amount of time. You know, fifteen years ago, um, it was much more difficult to get gender affirming surgery to access gender affirming hormones. to change your name legally, to find a, a healthcare provider who was competent in trans healthcare. Yes. It's still difficult, but it's not as difficult as it was. Yes. So little, little baby me, you know, my parents thought they had a tomboy because um, I didn't have the language to say, I think I'm actually a boy. Or if I did, they didn't, they couldn't hear it because that wasn't a thing that was possible. Did they sense in the it? same way?
0: Even if you weren't able to articulate it?
1: I mean, my mom likes to play a game called, how did we not know <laughs> <laughs> okay. when we look at like baby photos? Right, right. Um, but I, you know, so when you ask if I could have been one of the kids in the film, I, I don't know that I would have had the courage as they do mm. to be my authentic self and risk not being able to participate in my sport.
0: Interesting. Right. And, and um, I think the age, so when you did transition, you were already an adult.
1: I was 29, right?
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so going back to the film, where the focus is on teens who are either transitioning or actually just being in their space already, um, is a very tender time in a person's life. And and, and thus, all the controversy in these stupid policies that are trying to control the way we want to you know control our own bodies right Mm. so um can we talk a little bit about that you know that you know you even though you you transitioned uh, quite later on in your adult life the idea of if you can remember how you felt as a 16 year old girl and not being comfortable in your space and sorry if i'm not posing these questions in the right way. You know, I just never know how to address it, but so how, how no, it's okay.
1: And, okay. and like make mistakes and yeah. I will correct you. Yeah, You great. know, I am, I'm happy to be a resource. I'm happy to answer questions. Um, and, uh, I will, you know, uh, have you ever played bowling where you have the bumpers Yes. or gone bowling? Like allow me to be your little bumpers, like help you stay in the lane. So don't, so worry I'm not
0: going to do a gutter ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you do, like, I'll tell you, but we'll move <laughs> so, forward. But I don't get any points
0: for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, yeah, but but to my point is that a lot of people don't know how to address this topic of of, of trans, because even though it's quite visible now, and I want to say, you know, according to some recent reports, it's been the highest visibility or the highest a record of uh, representation in media ever since, but at the same time, we're dealing with a lot of issues of violence against bodies and still a lot of pushback, like you, we mentioned before, is the policies, the laws that are trying to change things. So it, it's a very strange space where we have so much momentum progressing and yet pushback. And so, yeah. And going back to you as a teen girl, I mean, like throw that all in together and tell me what you yeah. think.
1: Yeah. I mean, A number one, being a teenager is really hard like on a good day, being a teenager is really hard. You know, you smell differently and you've got crushes on people and you have more homework than you can do and you're trying to be popular and mom, the curfew. Like being a teenager is hard anyway. And adding in additional layers of identity, um, if we're talking about people discovering their queer identity, um, their LG, BQ identities, lesbian, gay, bisexual, or queer, those are all sexual orientations as we talked about like lgbtq plus mm-hmm. so lesbian gay bisexual or skipping the t and the q the, the queer those are all sexual identities or sexual orientations t and what's the difference transgender by, can
0: i just like yeah. clarify why we have the yeah. q if we have the lesbian and the, the yeah i love all, this uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it so together,
1: but. it's it was sort of historically like lgb yeah. Lesbian, gay, bisexual. Right. right. Then we added the T. Yeah. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Yeah. So lesbian, gay, bisexual. These are sexual orientations. And we're talking about attraction. We're talking about identity as it pertains to sexuality. Right. Transgender yeah. T is a gender identity. So this is how I see myself.
0: Okay.
1: So when you like close your eyes and you picture the like best version of crystal what does that look like is that masculine energy is that feminine energy right so that's gender identity is how we see ourselves in our gender in the world that's not necessarily a sexual orientation
0: right
1: right our gender identity doesn't actually have anything to do with anybody else and so in the past couple of years the Q has been added uh, which represents queer or questioning. Sometimes you'll see it with a plus. Yes. And the Q and the plus indicate that LGB and T are only some of the identities that people can have as it pertains to sexual orientation and gender identity. So the Q and the Q plus give people space to identify within, outside the LGBT So it's kind of a, it creates a bit of an umbrella term and I'm doing an umbrella sign with my hands. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That, that lets us kind of fall under. So I personally, I identify as a trans man who is queer. Okay. And queer gives me a little bit of flexibility to um, move around in my sexuality, in my gender expression. Of course, queer doesn't always have the greatest connotation. Like I can see your eyebrows go up and <laughs> it's it was a pejorative term for a long time. And so you'll see a lot of older people in the LGBTQ community who don't like the word queer because it was used as a slur for so many years.
0: Right, right. Well, okay, wait, so, all right. So just tell me, so if you are, if you identify as a male um, and you are, queer does that mean you are attracted to both me male and female or are you attracted to also kind of somebody anybody within the spectrum like I I don't know I mean is there a preference to you I guess my question is and whether that matters to you
1: yeah that's a great question I'm glad you're asking me um right like ask me don't ask the person you're waiting behind um, to go to the bathroom so I say queer because it is all of it like all of the things. Um, I was uh, a cis woman married to a woman. And then I came out as trans. And then I dated a non-binary drag queen. And uh, my partner now, a non-binary person who was assigned female at birth. And my parents have just completely stopped asking questions. So (laughs) my attraction has been kind of all over the place. Um, And for me, queer feels like a really, it feels like a pool I can swim in.
0: Yes. Okay. And I want to use that and apply this queerness to feminist studies, because here at the university, we want to do a little academic scholarly kind of interpretation on the things we view. And to queer something, maybe you can tell me what you think about that. Because some people who are, you know, kind of trapped in the heteronormative world of thinking, it's very hard to understand what that means. And for them, it's really quite um just the uh, it is they just can't see beyond binary so by querying something it complicates the narrative which opens up a much richer uh spectrum of ways of understanding things and for me i i, I like that it's it's a great n- analogy to understanding in between spaces uh but again speaking to people who don't see that is it's like what's all this jargon with all these words of different identities. There's just, come on, let's just get on with our normal structures that hold us together. I mean, so what do you say about that? What is queering to you?
1: Oh, that is a beefy question. Um. Okay, I'm going to back up. I know what, wait,
0: I'm going to give you a second. Let's take a quick break because I want people to think about this because like what is querying to people who are listening to us on K2H? What does it mean to be somewhere that's not so black and white? And why do we need to talk about this? Why is this important? And in order to appreciate going back to changing the game, this nice, wonderful documentary streaming on Hulu is that how do, what is this saying to us? How, how do we make change? How do we become empathetic people in understanding people in in-between spaces? So let's hold on to that thought. I am talking to Shane Diamond here, and please don't go away. We have important stuff to talk about. Welcome back. I am here enjoying a very critical discussion with Shane Diamond on the the world of trans people and in speaking specifically to this film, "Changing in the Game, which is showing on Hulu right now. So Shane, yes, I left you with a very uh, deep question of what it means to queer. Um, can we expand on that?
1: Yeah, um, I should have said this at the top of the show. I'm not a trans expert. I don't speak on behalf of all trans people or all trans experiences. I'm an expert on my own experience as we all are experts on our own gender experiences and the way that we move through the world. So please don't quote me in any of your papers. <laughs> uh, I am not the authority on uh, any or all things trans but on the Shane Diamond story. So um, your question was about heteronormativity and queering the black and white. So. I want to just back up a little bit when we talk about heteronormativity, because it's a, a lot of syllables and it's a bit jargony. Yes. So this is the belief that heterosexuality is the norm and is the goal. So in this, it is the expectation culturally, socially that men marry women, men partner with women. Um, and, and that's, the expectation. So if we talk about systems being heteronormative, um, for example, if you uh, go to a movie theater and they say, ladies and gentlemen, put your phones away, right, this is reinforcing this binary, this man and woman, and there's nothing outside of it. There's no um, gentle thems or uh, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. other language that, that can be more expansive. So, so heteronormativity really, is a social idea, social construct that teaches us that heterosexuality is the goal, is the preference, is the ideal, is the standard. Um, And this is such a deep, deep binary. So we're learning here about the, the binary in relationships. So this and that, and who is supposed to fill those roles in relationships. And it is men and women. and there's not a lot of space for anything outside of that. Even if we think about um, lesbian relationships, for example, this is uh, sort of messing with that binary because we're getting a woman and a woman. And I'm I'm being very reductive here uh, just to sort of like pull this apart a little bit. So, I mean, I'm a Scorpio, I love black and white thinking, but (laughs) this this is so, so limiting. So when we talk about sort of queering this, this arc of heteronormativity, we are releasing the expectation that um, things need to be straight, that it is um, a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, boyfriend and girlfriend, Um, even sort of um, rebutting ideas of chivalry, right? Of men opening doors and uh, picking up the check. That started, like women going up the stairs first started so that men could look up skirts. So we, you know, if we think about like some of the things that like are just kind of entrenched in how we behave, it is the expectation that a man will open the door for a woman. So when we queer this, when we throw out these ideas of uh, who needs to be partnered with whom and only men can do this and only women can do that, when we say maybe gender is more than just male and female, man and woman, gender is man and woman. Maybe we say that gender is more than just man and woman, and maybe we can think of it like gender exists on a spectra, Mm. on one of many spectra. So maybe on one side um, we have man, and on the other side we have woman, and there are a thousand points in between where we can place ourselves, and that can change. Like this afternoon, tomorrow, 10 years from now, we're able to move along these um, spectrum, spectra. So. The queering of this is giving us permission to think and move and act in shades of gray when the binary, binary thinking wants us to be entrenched in black and white. And our brains like that kind of thinking. Our brains like to categorize things. It's an us and them, predator or prey. Is this thing a threat? And so it is like deeply embedded in our brains to see things uh, in such strict categories. And we have to do the work actively to soften some of those edges.
0: That's brilliant, Jane. Thank you so much for kind of breaking that down. I mean, you know, a decade ago, we would have said it was deconstruction, right? Um, uh, and, and now it's, you know, I love the way you say that it was kind of breaking down things in different shades of gray, cause that's just, it's very visual for people to try to take in. So how do we apply that to the film, like changing the game? How does that queer our thoughts on, um, uh, you know, to our preconceptions going in there and seeing these teens and struggling with uh, the pressures, whether it's at home or at school or with their partners, you know, uh, maybe give some examples there of how we can kind of, how, how does that change the game for everyone?
1: Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that, that we are actively working to overcome culturally, socially, globally is fighting the belief that trans people are not valid in their identities. So you talked a little bit about some of the politics that are happening right now. Um, We believe, I believe that trans men are men, trans women are women. I, I am a man, I am a trans man, I am a man. That doesn't make me any less of a man uh, than anyone else who says they are a man. And as a man, um, I want to be able to play men's sports. I mean, I don't in this particular moment, but, but I could, right. So if I wanted to try out for like the men's hockey team, I would do that as a man. I wouldn't try out for the women's hockey team because I am not a woman. And a lot of what's happening legislatively right now is, um, the horrible, I don't even want to call it a belief, this notion that trans people are imposters, that we, that we are not who we say we are, um, that we, uh, that this is transient, you know? And, and you'll remember, I said, we, my mom liked to play a game called, how do we not know Shane was trans, right? Like I've been doing this since I can remember, I just didn't have the language for it. Mm-hmm. So I, I am this person. So when we think about changing the game, we are looking at four incredible young people who just want to play sports. Did you play any youth sports?
0: Yeah, but I sucked at it so I'm not gonna go there with my okay
1: but you know, but like whole team yeah do you know how many okay so you played youth sports. Um, why do you think you played youth sports?
0: I, I I don't know it was an extracurricular thing for under a Chinese family and just like something that I needed to do
1: yeah. It maybe make friends yeah something but to do it after didn't, school didn't
0: work for me like that <laughs> um you know if we yeah okay so i get what you're saying though it's the whole kind of that teen social um space that is very critical to the development of one's kind of self-identity and accomplishments and and
1: you know absolutely and also like get outside and move and get dirty and run around so yeah. when we think about you know i started playing sports when i was five or six it wasn't necessarily because my parents were like, oh, Shane's going to be a very good hockey player. It was like, go do something after school and get tired and come home and don't run around the house or- Okay, but wait, so when you were friends. then,
0: sorry, Shane, yeah. when back then, when you identif- when you were a girl, whatever that means, so mm-hmm. did you play in the girls' team? And well, obviously you did, but they, they didn't have these distinguishing things back then, right? They didn't have- the categories or the people who are challenging who could play in whose team because that's what the biggest question comes in in changing the game is people are arguing why should what's the character's name in the wrestling mac 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 yeah Mac mac wanted to compete in the men's but then was not qualified because what help me, help me out here yeah. um, because the, the, there wasn't, there was no physical sexual. So yeah.
1: So um, that's a great segue. Um, and I would love to talk about some of the policies that are happening okay. right now. Okay. Um, when I was a, a child, I played girl sports right. because I was a girl. Right. I didn't play, you know, I was the only girl on the boys hockey team. So it was a co-ed team. Ah. Um, Mac bags uh, made headlines in 2016 because he was uh, a trans boy. So he's a boy who was forced to wrestle with the girls in Texas. And so as a boy, he was the Texas state champion of girls wrestling, twice. No one was happy about this.
0: Right, including Mac himself. wanted to
1: wrestle, yeah, Mac is a boy. He wanted to wrestle with boys. You know, the, the girls he was competing against saw him as a boy and didn't, you know, like, it, this is girls wrestling, Mac is a boy. So this goes back to what I was saying a couple minutes ago about this belief or myth or um, politicized idea that trans people, that our identities are not valid. Because if Mac was recognized as a trans boy, as a boy, This would be moot. He would wrestle with the boys. And so I think as we kind of look at what's happening, and I also bring up youth sports and why we participate in youth sports because it's not about winning and losing. I can't tell you what my record was in U10 soccer. I don't even know how many goals I scored in college, and I was much more competitive then. But we played sports, we participated in sports to make friends, to learn about teamwork, to be on time, to learn how to win and not gloat, to lose Mm -hmm. and be able to shake it off. These are all skills that we use in our day-to-day as professionals, as people, right? We learn how to compromise. Um, You have to show up for things even if maybe you don't want to, maybe you have like a terrible loss, you have to get back up and like show up to work tomorrow, the next day. So when we think about youth sports, I don't care who wins. We care about giving everyone the ability to show up and run around with their friends and learn from sports, from being part of a team. And of course this can be you know theater, show up and, and be part of a, um, a, a play or join the band in school and, and learn about being one of many. Mm. How do you fit in? What does that look like? So this legislative attack that we're seeing Am I going too fast?
0: No, good. okay. But I'm just wondering if we should take one more quick break because I let's take a break. Like, can we do that yeah. and then just well? We is there we
1: do, do we want to dig any more into youth sports before I move on to talking about some fun policy stuff?
0: Well, um, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll somehow put it all together. I know we. I can love be- that
1: everyone okay. drinks some water. We'll be right back.
0: Okay. Oh man. Okay. So the plot thickens. We're gonna continue and as we expand, I'm talking to Shane Diamond here about trans um, and just really kind of like querying uh, concepts that have kind of helped or restricted our ways of looking at things. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about legislation, legislation that, that Shane, you had mentioned right before the quick break. So I'm gonna allow you to continue with that and then maybe we can get back to trans visibility in the media, which is what we started
1: with. Perfect, yeah, I'm gonna do this quickly. Um, it is not a great time to be LGBTQ in this country right now in terms of legislation. Uh, 2021 had the most anti-LGBTQ bills introduced ever in history, there were over 300. Um, about a hundred focused on trans athletes and trans youth athletes. Uh, a number were medical bans. Um, and we are seeing that now in 2022. that there are more anti-LGBTQ bills being introduced than ever before. And this isn't new. Um, People might remember the bathroom bans that Mm -hmm. popped up in 2016. And this was focusing on keeping trans people separated and focusing on um, trans people's genitals as markers of identity Mm -hmm. and really rooted in this idea that we've talked about a couple of times that trans people are not who we say we are, that we are deceptive, um, that, of course, this, like, overarching rhetoric um, that trans people are sneaky. And and I'm excited to come back to that at the end. So this isn't new. Um, trans people, trans identity, and right now trans youth are being used as a political pawn that has nothing to do with trans youth. Hmm. This is um, opponents of equality, um, oftentimes the GOP, oftentimes, you know, the far right are trying Mm -hmm. to mobilize voters and they're using trans youth as a pawn. This has nothing to do with trans youth. And actually I was looking at this before we sat down. um, Hawaii does have a bill uh, that has been introduced to ban trans kids from playing high school sports. And this ban specifically wants to prohibit trans women from playing women's sports. And, go ahead. Okay, no, 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 I'm just thinking,
0: you know, it's kind of ironic because in Hawaiian culture, we have the mahu identity, which is really kind of like a place in between that's been celebrated and this is indigenous ways that have been kind of like wiped out. And now you're saying that these policies are reflecting the kind of the the movement of wanting to kind of be so separate them. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, the majority of states in this country right now have introduced anti-trans legislation.
0: But is it due to the increasing visibility of it in the media that we were talking about before and therefore threatening their kind of balance? Does it have anything to do with that?
1: Yeah, I was trying to think of a way to express a response uh, on the radio. Um, <laughs> I think you would be hard-pressed to find a 16-year-old trans person who is a threat to to like equality and civility. Yeah. So I think when like trans people are being weaponized, we are being perceived as threats, but we're talking about trans youth wanting to play sports with their friends, wanting to participate in sports. We don't say competing, I don't care who wins. Right. This is not about winning and losing. We're talking about giving kids, young people, a chance to run around and get dirty and play with their friends and learn some stuff and lose some stuff and, you know, get a scrape. And that's, what's more important, but it's so being framed as deception and sneakiness and competitiveness. And I mean, I played college athlete, I played college sports, um, if you want to be a college athlete and you're trying to get recruited, it helps if you're a good athlete, mm-hmm. but it is more important that you're a good student. Right. Are you a good kid? Are you a good teammate? Are you coachable? Yeah. You know, are you fun? Mm-hmm. Is the coach looking for that, you know, for your, your position on their team? Okay. So being a good athlete helps, but if you're a good athlete and a terrible human, yes, you're not going to play college sports.
0: Right. And even
1: but, then the goal yeah. is participating. The goal is being part of something. and and feeling like you're part of a team, if you win a national championship 10 years from now, who cares?
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, no. But I'm trying to also tie it in with the kind of the manipulation within the media framework that we have to address. So on one hand, we have films like "Changing the Game, which offers a critical look at these trans athlete scenes as people. But at the same time, you had mentioned Off Air, you know, uh, speaking to... um, Alex. Disclosure. Uh, yeah. film Disclosure with uh, um,
1: Laverne Cox, Laverne
0: Cox. Thank you. Um, yeah. and, and making that very highly visible, but at the same time and, and Rick and, and kind of bringing to the table, the problematics of how trans people have been historically portrayed in the media and how things are moving, but still being problematic at the same time. So how, how do we kind of put this all together?
1: Yeah. Um, This is a big plug for Disclosure on Netflix. Yeah, Um, It is about the history of trans representation in TV and film and media. And through their deep dive, what we see is that trans people, especially trans women and especially, especially black trans women throughout media are seen as deceptive, as um, sexual predators, Mm -hmm. as, men in wigs none of this no no trans people <laughs> for the most part are seen as real human beings who are just trying to live their lives exactly. um you know one of the examples in the film is uh, they talk about ace ventura yes. which was like a horrible movie from the 90s and everyone thinks the the police chief is super hot this like gorgeous woman all the guys in the movie are like fretting over her and at the end of the movie and i don't feel bad about a spoiler because it came out in the 90s um at the end of the movie, you find out that she's a trans woman. Right. And what is the response from all of the men? They start vomiting. Yeah, they start famously. scrubbing their tongues. They are disgusted. And um, so Jim we Car- are.
0: Jim Carrey, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Jim yeah. Carrey. So um, we are taught. Yeah. That trans people are deceptive and sneaky and gross and not worthy of kissing, not worthy of love. Yeah. It's my seven minute timer to wrap yeah, it up. There you go. And So. <laughs> so. You asked if there's more visibility now. And there, and there certainly is, because trans people have always been here. We have always been here. Right. If you um, you know, Across a lot cultures. of people say like, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people say, like, oh, I've never met a trans person before. And I always come back with that you know of.
0: Right. Exactly. Because we're
1: everywhere. And as there's more media and social media, and we're seeing representation of trans people played by actual trans people um in so tv way, movies is your
0: take do you believe that trans characters should be played by trans people i just have to get that i out. absolutely
1: do okay yeah. thank you i absolutely do all right i think you know like you're not gonna yeah i absolutely okay. think trans trans okay. characters should be played by trans people there's enough of us there are actors you can cast me there you go um so we're seeing more visibility and that absolutely opens us up to more threats and more violence this has been uh not Uh, an accident as there have been more anti-LGBTQ legislation, we've also seen a huge spike in murders of trans people, especially black women over the past few years. Um, So visibility is not safety. Visibility is not necessarily the goal, Mm. but through films like Changing the Game, we can see these amazing trans youth as people, as, as resilient kids who wanna participate in sports and it really demystifies some of these awful tropes that many of us have been taught for so long. So, visibility and, and seeing trans people out succeeding, living their lives. You know, follow us on Instagram. <laughs> um, yes.
0: What is, how do we? You can plug those handles. Yeah,
1: we are at Changing Game Doc on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Pants Diamond on Instagram okay, and Twitter, far less exciting content. Okay. Um, you know, follow Laverne Cox, follow yeah, yeah. Janelle Monet, just came out as, as um, non-binary, follow uh, Chris Mosier, follow Pat Manuel, follow Katie Barnes. Like we can, Great. the list goes on look yeah. for trans people um, to follow and support.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, this is brilliant, Jane. And unfortunately, we don't have much more time to do this. But I think to round up is you've kind of laid out, uh, recognizing what structures we live in and what have shaped us and how to kind of go beyond that and how to kind of throw things apart and kind of reconstruct in our own ways based on our own knowledge and our effort to understand and empathize with what it means um, in all these different spaces on in the spectrum, as you had mentioned before. And I think speaking back to changing the game is that we are changing the game by shifting the narrative, by having brilliant films like this that actually show people as themselves and what they want and what are the power forces that are, you know, they're struggling with and how we can overcome them. So. Um, things start with even the little conversation we have here on K2H and we make a difference by continuing that. And I hope that you, I know you are creating impact and doing very important things and I wish you all the best with your future projects and please come back and visit to us in Hawaii. Oh my gosh,
1: but I'd absolutely love to. Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. And uh, I look forward to seeing what changes happen as a result of this wonderful show.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. That's Shane Diamond.